it's the anger of feeling like they don't understand us and the anger of us not understanding them. It's this like bottled up consistent frustration of a lack of understanding of the opposite sex. for a very juicy episode today as we talk about the difference between the lover energy and the mother energy. Let me just test the sound. I think we sound good. Let's jump in. It's always hard because I'm like, I kind of want to wear my headphones, but they hurt my head after a while. And also that just doesn't look as cute on like a video. So, but it's then hard to hear what the sound quality is like. Anyway, so today we are talking about the lover versus the mother. And I shouldn't actually say versus, I should just say the difference between the lover energy and the mother energy because they are different. And I get so many questions about this. And obviously my program, Be a Lover, Not a Mother, is like the the reason why I made that program. And obviously over time, over the last three years that I've had, two years that I've had it, running. Um, it's obviously evolved and become bigger than what I initially thought it would become, which is fantastic. But it really did start out in the beginning because there was confusion around how do I stay in that mother how do I how do I stay in the lover archetype and not go into the mother archetype? Because obviously when you're in a relationship, a romantic relationship we're talking about today, you don't want to be mothering your boyfriend, your fiance, your husband, whatever it is, whatever your relationship is with them. You don't want to be mothering them. You don't even want to be mothering you know, your guy friends that you have a completely platonic relationship with because it really can be emasculating, but most importantly, it depolarizes the relationship. And we don't want to depolarize the relationship because then obviously you aren't getting what you want out of the relationship and neither is he. And nobody wants to be made to feel like they're incapable of doing a job themselves, especially a grown man. So for those of you that are in a relationship or you want to get into a relationship, I really think everybody should listen to to this episode, frankly, no matter what relationship they're in. Even if you are in the most amazing fucking relationship, I'm I'm very happy for you. Like cheers. Um, There could still be a nugget that you will get out of this episode that could radically shift your relationship to become even better. Now, I want to say firstly, as like a disclaimer that this is general information and there's always a fucking line. Like sometimes what can happen is that, and I've seen it with some of you when you send me messages of like, you're not actually allowing yourself to draw a boundary or put your foot down because you are so worried about emasculating him or you're so worried about, um, mothering him. Sometimes you need to put your fucking foot down. There's always going to be those scenarios where like throw this shit out the window and trust your intuition Uh, and always trust your intuition, but there's always going to be times where it's like throw this out the window and just do what feels right for you. Do not silence your voice because you're trying to ensure that like you're not the mother, you're staying in the lover um, because you are only going to end up resenting yourself, if that makes sense. If you're watching the video, by the way, there's like a full Christmas vibe going on here and it's not Christmas yet, but I am like, it's not even like that cold today. And I'm like, I'm wearing this jumper. I'm going to make the fucking house cold because I want to be snuggly and I'm ready for snow. Like <laughs> I'm ready for the fucking snow. The end. Like someone please fly me there. Um, okay. So firstly, the lover energy instead of the mother energy is really about trusting him to lead himself and get the job done. Right. So I do not treat my boyfriend the way that I would treat my son because I am not his mother. There are times when it's really nice to nurture your man when he is sick, when he is run down, when he has a lot on his plate and to help him. But having a nurturing energy is still different from mothering him because the mothering energy is really about you not – you not trusting him to be able to do the job himself. It's like you have to look after him in order for him to survive because that is your son. But you don't want to bring that kind of vibe into your relationships because one, 
I think the personally the most important one is that what will end up happening is that you will end up really resenting him because he will turn into a boy and he won't get anything done. He won't lead the relationship and he won't fucking lead you because he doesn't have to because you have essentially trained him over time to be okay with acting like a child because you're going to pick up all the missing pieces. So like, for example, a really basic thing is like, leave his fucking wardrobe an absolute mess because of every day you are cleaning up his wardrobe. Like, yes. Okay. Sometimes it's nice, right? Like if you, if he's having the busiest work week of his life, tidy up his wardrobe especially if it's usually tidy, like that'd be definitely, especially if it's usually tidy, because how nice is that for him to come home and feel like he's taken care of by you because you love him. And it's not because you don't think he's capable of doing it himself. It's actually because he's very capable of doing it himself. He's at work grinding all day and you want to just take something off his plate. That's really nice of you. Love that. Yes, vibes. There's also another situation of the scenario where, for example, his wardrobe is a fucking mess all the time. And if you're always the one cleaning it up, is he ever going to clean it up himself? No, because he doesn't have to because he knows that you're going to do it. It's like a child. It's like when you're parenting, right? Like if your parents constantly picked up after you, you would never learn to pick up after yourself. If your parents, you know, coddled you to the point where you never made a mistake. You would never learn. We have to learn even as adults. And when you're in a relationship, especially a new relationship, you are learning. You are learning how you can behave in this relationship. You are learning. It's like you're going through a fucking, you know, it's, it's, that's why people's childhood trauma can resurface in a relationship or come up in a different way. If you've really healed it, it will come up in a different way when you get into a relationship because you're literally having to relearn how to live with someone and how to be in a very intimate relationship with someone. The last time you did that was probably when you were a fucking kid living with your, living with your parents and your siblings. So when you are, you know, when it's so like as a child, right? Like our parents had to let us make mistakes so that we learned. And even as adults, we have to be let, we have, we have to be left to make mistakes so that we can even learn as an adult. Like this is, this goes for like, you know, when I've talked to you guys about boundaries before and like how boundaries are aphrodisiacs, literally like I like sometimes, what were you doing the other day? Oh yeah. We were watching the new White Lotus. Oh my God. I should fucking do a podcast episode on White Lotus. Okay. So we, this was last night. Last night we were watching the new episode of White Lotus. I like it. It's in Italy. So I will watch anything on the coast of Italy anyway. Um, so we were watching White Lotus and there's this couple, I can't remember their names because I've only watched an episode, but the boring couple, if you watch White Lotus, you can know the ones I'm talking about. The couple that's like, they're reading in bed and they don't have sex, right? And she's like a bitch. She's very emasculating. Okay, we are fucking doing a podcast series on the White Lotus. It is happening. I also am going to do one on each of the characters of Sex in the City. So you guys have that to look forward to as well. But anyway, point being is, um, is, uh, Oh my God, where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So they were at the restaurant and she was basically saying to him, so babe, I think we should get um, the arugula salad. We should get um, this like pasta thing or something and like X, Y, Z. And he was like, so already I'm like, oh my God, like what the fuck? And then, and then next he's like, I would actually really like the white fish. And she was like, no, I don't want the white fish. Like it's going to be fishy. Like don't get the white fish. And I was just sitting here like, oh my fucking God, this is so emasculating, right? And anyway, what I literally said, I turned to my boyfriend. And so when you watch the episode, you'll understand it because like she wants to be claimed, right? This is like, this is an, ex- this is literally an exact depiction of this like successful, intelligent girl boss woman. And all she's actually fucking wanting is to be claimed and she doesn't know how to express it properly. Right. So she, all that she really wants in that scenario from like my perspective anyway, especially if you've watched the episode, you'll understand it with the context is that she wants him to be like, no, babe, I'm getting the white fish. How fucking sexy. Like he's putting his foot down. He's drawing a boundary. It's not sexy when your man just gives in, right? It's not attractive. And I even said this to my boyfriend before of like, I don't even, I don't like it. He doesn't really do this, but like, I don't like it if he was to just give in, give in to me. I like it when he's like, no, that's not what we're doing. 
Why? Because it teaches me how I can behave and not behave in a way that makes him happy. I don't want him to bottle shit up and be like, okay, okay, all the time and then end up resenting me because that doesn't make me feel like I can be my full self and express myself in the relationship, right? I I wouldn't feel safe to do so because I wouldn't know whether he's just saying like, sure, but actually resenting me because he puts his foot down to me and is like, we're not doing that or like, absolutely not. Or like, you need to fucking behave yourself or whatever it is. I actually feel safer in the relationship because I feel like he keeps my ducks in a row and that's not his responsibility, but it allows my inner feminine to feel like I can just be wild and free because he's acting as the protector, if that makes sense. Full fucking tangent, but point being is we're doing a White Lotus series. So once the whole series is out, um, actually, no, maybe not even once the whole series out, I'll start doing it. I feel like over December, January, I'll like release the episodes for you guys because it'll be fun. Like we're on holiday, like everyone's on holidays, like taking a bit of time off work over that period of time so you guys will be watching it and I'll release like an episode a week um because it's just like fucking juicy to like break down tv shows and White Lotus is such an interesting tv show like when I watched the first season I was kind of like what the fuck is this about but like once you get into it and you understand that it's not just like a rom-com there's like it's like an intellectual like you've like there's more to it Like it could seem like it's a boring TV show, but when you really understand the characters, it's actually really interesting. But anyway, whatever. Sorry, moving on tangent. Okay. So point being is that the lover energy is completely different to the mother energy because when you are in the lover energy, you are trusting him to lead himself. When you are in the mother and lead you, obviously, when you're in the mother energy, you are not trusting him to get the job done and you would, you're treating him in the same way that you'd be treating your son essentially. So when it comes to like the greatest pain that the feminine has towards the masculine, I would say that the greatest pain women have towards men is anger. It's the anger of feeling like they don't understand us and the anger of us not understanding them. It's this like bottled up consistent frustration of a lack of understanding of the opposite sex. And this is why I say that understanding the opposite sex will give you a freedom that will be apparent in every single area of your life. Because even understanding men is going to help you with understanding your male colleagues. It's going to help you in the workplace. Understanding men is going to help you with your relationship with your father or your son. This like Understanding men goes beyond just the romantic relationships and it goes into even platonic relationships. It allows the most important thing though is it allows you to really have more love and compassion to them. And so that kind of replaces so much of the anger. You don't keep bottling up all this anger from not understanding them. But most importantly, you actually feel safer and more self-acceptance for your feminine energy. Because when you, when you understand the masculine, it helps you to understand that your feminine is deeply and greatly appreciated, loved, and adored by them. And if you don't feel safe in the presence of the masculine, and if you don't feel safe around men, your nervous system is not going to feel safe to surrender, to receive, to be in your feminine energy, because we need that energy of I am protected. And biologically speaking, because of mental hormonal profile, they are the protectors, right? And our body knows that. You know, our brain hasn't fucking changed that much since the caveman days. It really hasn't. Like, Google it. It really hasn't. It's the same. We think it, we think like, oh, we're all modern. Like our brain's changed. It's fucking not, it doesn't hasn't changed at all. Um, so yeah, I would say the greatest pain honestly, that a lot of women have is anger. And and you see it. I mean, even in this fucking white lotus thing, like you can see the anger washed over this woman's face of feeling angry that she can't just be herself, that she isn't being claimed, that she isn't being devoured and X, Y, and Z. Okay. Also, I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep referring to white lotus because I'm going to do a whole episode on that. But the other thing also is that we are constantly bombarded by society, making us feel like we should be more like men. And subconsciously, it does make us angry because we 
don't want to feel like we have to change. I mean, imagine if society and the media was making us feel like be more feminine, be more wild, be more emotional, be more free, be more creative, be more moody and dark and emotional. That would make us feel so validated as women, but instead it's climb faster, work harder, right? Like do more. It's constantly, it's just capitalism. Do more, do more, do more, do more. And that doesn't feel like our feminine hearts. So it can make us really fucking angry because it's like, where is the praise for like the stay-at-home mums? Where, like on the media, where is the praise for the women that, you know, want to take a week off work? Where is the praise for women that want to work a part-time job and be a stay-at-home mum? Like, where is that? And I will say something that I've noticed, but it's obviously not like from like big media outlets. I will say that I have loved seeing, and I did, I talked about this in the sex life series that I did of that Netflix show. I, I do love seeing more these days in TV shows, like new TV shows, that there is a lot more conversation and, um, and there's more like, uh, what's the word? There's more conversation and more scenes. That's not the right word. Um, of, of, of the struggle that a lot of women have with wanting to be a mom, but also wanting to go to work or losing their sense of self when they become a mom. I do love that. It's now more of a conversation. Um, and though it's still like not on it, we still have the huge overwhelming side of the, of mass media being like, you are worth more as a woman when you are a CEO killing yourself, burning yourself out, hustling X, Y, and Z. And that doesn't mean that you can't do that as a woman. That doesn't mean that you should then feel shame for, you know, for um, being a COO and, and wanting to work hard. I love to work hard. It's about where is it coming from? It's about like the, the battle that so many of us have in our head where it is frustrating and it is exhausting and it is consuming because we want both. And how do we have both? And how do we still feel like enough in the eyes of others when we have both? Or how do you still feel like you are successful if you were to say, fuck this, I don't want to run my business anymore. I just want to be a stay-at-home mom. Does your sense of self then, sorry, do, do people then change how they perceive you? Are you then seen as less than in the eyes of other people? Like this is this constant push and pull that so many women have that makes us fucking angry. And that anger then transmutes into the bitterness and into the emasculation, into the man shaming, into the projection of our anger towards you know, the lack of feminine support in the media, we emasculate men and we project it onto men like it is their faults. But the reality is, is that majority of men that, you know, are on the dating apps, are at the bar, are, you know, in the supermarket, wherever you see the men, if you're single, majority of those men and majority of the men that you're in relationships with, they are not the ones that we need to project our anger at. They're, it's not their faults. I, I personally really don't like it when women are like, it is their fault because like, it's, it's still men like, okay, you know, this man didn't do anything, but he's part of, you know, the problem. And I, I literally can't see that because it's like, so are you, would you, would you as a woman like to be grouped with the women that wrongfully accuse men of things? Because I wouldn't want to be because I'm not that, right? It's like, yes, generations ago, there was horrible things that were still very lawful for men to be doing to women. Like we're not going to fucking, I'm not sitting here denying that. And the, the majority of current modern men do not support that. So when we are constantly shaming them, mothering them, putting them down and emasculating them, we're not actually benefiting ourselves because we're not allowing them to show up in that healthy masculine energy. They show up in a very wounded masculine energy thanks to us. And we literally put ourselves in this shitty catch 22 of where are all the good men and all men are dickheads. It's like if you are constantly shaming and emasculating men, 
where is the space for them to then feel like they can be accepted as the men that they want to be? It is our responsibility to allow these modern men that don't fucking support, you know, the shit that happens to women. Of course they don't support that majority of them, like absolutely do not. It's our responsibility to actually help them to feel like it's safe for them to really be in their masculine energy because we need that masculine energy in our society. I mean, we need that masculine energy for us as women to even feel like we can achieve the things that we want to be achieving. So that was a full on tangent. But the point being is like, there are so many of you that would have, because I used to have this really subconscious anger or conscious anger and bitterness and hate towards men. And it isn't going to get you in a relationship where it with healthy men. If you're in a current relationship, it's not going to support him to feel safe to lead you. It's not going to allow you to feel safe to even be in your receptive feminine energy because of all that anger and bitterness. So CC join love another mother. Um, okay. Next thing. Okay. So when we, when I'm seeing women that have this bottled up pain from maybe having to mother their, or feeling like, feeling like they have to lead the relationship or this pain of like feeling like they have to mother their partner because like he literally won't do it. I have to do everything for, for us. I have to plan the dates. I have to do the food. I have to do the grocery shopping. I do the bills. Like if you feel like you're the one leading the relationship, there can be a lot of pain that ends up being built up. because And the pain is you just want your man or a man to lead you. But at the same time, you don't feel like you can trust him or a man to lead you. And you don't even feel, most importantly, you don't feel safe to let go of the control. You don't feel safe to let him lead. It takes a lot to let go of control. It takes a lot of self-trust. And it obviously takes a lot of trust in men and the man that you're dating or the man that you're in a relationship with. That takes trust. And I get it. Like for a lot of us, our trust has been broken by men multiple times. And in that as well, we have some responsibility. Like the question that we have to ask ourselves, and this isn't then to mean it's your fault at all. The question that we have to ask ourselves, and maybe you need to ask yourself this in your current relationship is like, where am I maybe responsible for this? Like where am I maybe causing myself to, where am I maybe causing there to be a situation where the trust is broken, AKA, am I constantly emasculating and shaming him? So he's ending up keeping things from me because he feels so put down and so full of shame that he doesn't know how to express when he's struggling with something. So instead he kind of just, you know, unfortunately does things that aren't ideal, but really there was a bit where there was a bit of that where I was to play in that happening. That can be really hard to take responsibility, self-responsibility, but oh my God, taking self-responsibility and just having that, that, that self-ownership really will make you feel so empowered and it will make you, it, it is the thing that will help you to let go of shame and guilt And be able to feel like you can move forward in the future. Because if you have never reflected on your past and therefore taken lessons from it, you will worry and hence have no trust that you will make the same mistake or the same thing will happen again and again and again. Because you haven't actually reflected, then really taken the lessons and then ensured yourself it won't happen again. There's a lack of self-commitment. When you have that self-commitment that's coupled with self-responsibility and self-ownership, it really does allow you to feel like, okay, this won't happen again because I'm not going to let it happen again. But if you never can learn from the past, you're not going to be able to use those lessons to ensure those same things don't happen again in the future. Quickly interrupting the episode, friends, to remind you that Be a Love and Not a Mother is open again for the last time of 2022. And I am recording modules three and four live. So these are going to be re recordings. So as soon as you join Be a Love and Not a Mother, you can tune into all the content and all the current modules. There is already a module three and four, although it goes all the way up to module six. But I'm updating modules three and four with a sexier background because, like, why not? I updated modules one and two earlier this year, in the middle of the year. 
um, just to give it a little bit of a, a little refresh, a little pick me up. Um, and I'm doing modules three and four now in December. So you can bring your questions for these live calls um, for the updated modules for three and four. And once they are recorded, they'll be loaded into the portal. So if you can't come to the live calls, it's fine. Um, but if you can come to the live calls, obviously it's fun. And then you can ask your questions as well in those live calls. So that is the most updated information for the Be Love and Not a Mother that is opening right now for the last time, 2022. And I really want you guys to understand with Be Love and Not a Mother, Be Love and Not a Mother, it will help you to learn how to not emasculate men and how to allow the men in your life to show up as their best selves. You're going to learn how to communicate with men, how to understand what the fuck they mean when they say things or when they do things. And of course, how to be in the best relationships with them, both in a platonic situation and also in a romantic situation. I made Be A Love and Not A Mother back in 2020 um, when I was really realizing that so many women needed support around this area because I didn't understand men and they didn't understand how to behave in a way that allowed men to be the, their most masculine selves. So if you are wanting to learn how to be more in your feminine so that uh, the men in your life can lead both in your platonic relationships and romantic relationships, I would really encourage you to join Be Love Not A Mother. It is going to help you literally in your romantic life as well as with your relation, as well as in your relationship with your son and your male colleagues. So all the details are below and let's jump back into the episode. So if, even if you're in a current, even if you're in a relationship right now, like, you know, if me and my man get in a tiff or something, or, you know, like, let's say for example, I've like asked him to do something and you know, he didn't get to get it done instead of me being like, and I had to learn this instead of me being like, Oh my fucking God, you get nothing done. Like every time I ask you for something, it's just like, it's forgotten. Like, where is the fucking, where is the follow through? Instead of me going to that extreme, I will instead take some self awareness and some self responsibility of like, okay, was there anything that I could have done differently to ensure ensure that this happened? Or was there anything that, you know, maybe I should look at from the day that was obvious as to why he couldn't get it done and be understanding instead of emasculating, for example? Because sometimes, like, you have to look at, like, was the delivery good? Like, was it a good delivery? Was it a good day to ask this to be done? Or like, was it just fucking stupid because you knew he had 10 million things on his plate and so you were kind of setting him up for failure? And that's not, this is not to say that you need to analyze yourself and every situation all the time because sometimes this seriously is a situation, there are situations, like there really fucking is, guys. Sometimes there really is our situation, is situations, sometimes there really is situations, are, yeah, is is situations where I'm like, why the fuck wasn't it done? Like you're allowed to be like, there isn't any excuse. Like get it fucking done. Like move shit around. Like obviously depending on what the task was. There, That's why I have that disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Like there's always going to be those moments. And I also want to give you guys the nugget that sometimes, especially in like larger situations, it is really healthy for you to be able to look at if you had any part to play in the situation that is happening because it allows you to learn to prevent those situations from happening again in the future. If you don't learn, they're going to keep happening because you're going to keep making the same mistake over and over and over again until you do fucking learn. Okay. Back to my point. So the pain of women wanting men to lead or their man to lead, this creates an intense conflicting emotion in us because the feminine is like The feminine part of us so deeply wants to be cherished and loved and protected and adored, right? We want them, like we want the men in our lives to be our heroes. We do, right? But if you are feeling like I can't trust them, they don't do anything, I have to do it all myself, it's this intense push and pull that creates so much pain, because it's like, I want him to be my hero. I want, I want to trust him. I want to do all these. I want him to lead me. But then at the same time, it's this like, I can't fucking trust him. I don't do anything. Every time I ask for something, it doesn't get fucking done. Like mistakes are always made, blah, blah, blah. So it creates this push and pull that manifests. It's a lot of physical pain and tension 
in the body. And then, of course, when you have this constant tension, what is going to happen? You are going to be a wound up, carried up your ass control freak that is going to perpetuate the cycle of him not being able to lead, him not feeling like he can lead, and you constantly feeling let down. Then, of course, the physical manifestations are going to be hormonal issues, a low libido, maybe skin issues, low cortisol because you've been in a state of stress for so fucking long that your adrenals have tapped out and now you're in low cortisol. You could be not ovulating, lose your period. Like we go extreme, of course, depending on the situation, but that kind of constant stress, tension, frustration, anger is going to manifest as physical issues, not just emotional issues. I do want to say that one of the most common ways that women emasculate men without actually realizing it, and it really does come from like some place of resentment or bitterness. So like watch out for this. Even if you don't do it consistently, watch out for this because you'll notice that like it comes from a place of like a bit of anger is that a lot of women think that joking and making fun of a man is simply just being playful, but there is always truth behind a joke. There is always truth behind a joke. And it's one of the very like sly ways that a lot of us emasculate our partner or just the men in general, because it doesn't seem like we're emasculating them because we're trying to get a point across. And it's like, we are so annoyed and angry that now we are trying, our coping mechanism is to joke about it. But at the same time, subconsciously, or like deep down, it could, definitely could be consciously, you are still trying to get this fucking point across to him. And maybe if you make it public, it'll finally happen. The reality is that often the opposite will happen because anybody with self-worth will not tolerate being publicly humiliated or shamed. I fucking won't. If a quote unquote joke was made about me, wouldn't fucking have a, wouldn't fucking deal with it. Absolutely not. Not happening. And doesn't mean that I make a big deal in the moment. So he might not make a big deal about it in the moment, but let me tell you, there is a big deal happening in his body at that point in time, in his, in his, in the chemistry in his body, there is shit fucking bubbling and boiling by the comment that you've made, right? Like imagine if you were out for dinner with friends and he just joked about like, you know, um, like, oh my God, she's like every day, she has to spend like three hours like fixing her fucking hair so that she like looks good enough. Otherwise like, oh my God, the whole world's going to fucking implode if she doesn't look cute. Imagine if a man said that to you, it would be the ends of the fucking world, right? Like there is so many double standards that we have. It's like a man isn't allowed to do this, but we can do it to a man. Like a man isn't allowed to hit on a woman, but a woman's allowed to hit on a man. A man isn't allowed to look at a woman in the street. He's a fucking sexist pig but a or misogynist or whatever, or just like a dickhead or a dirtbag or whatever, or a pedophile. But if a woman was to look at a man, it's totally acceptable. Like think about the cash 22s. Think about the things that you would absolutely not tolerate your man saying to you. And then how do you say those things to him, but in a little bit of a different way, because it hurts them. And when you are emasculating them, even in a quote unquote joking way, it puts him in his little turtle shell. He is feeling a lot of shame and it doesn't motivate or entice him or invite him into step up and being a better man. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but like shame is different for a man. When a woman shames another woman, very often, especially if there's like some self-worth issues, she will try and be better because she doesn't want to be rejected because of the way that our the way, the way that we're wired, right? We need to be accepted for survival. It's not the same for a man. When a man is shamed, generally speaking, unless he has a lot of self-worth issues and like really insecure, he won't then try and change, 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 change to then be accepted. He won't, ha- he won't have that same response. He will go into a shell and be removed from you, right? And even if he was to like change, change, change to like suit you, there's so much resentment under that that eventually one day it's going to bottle up and it's not going to be pretty. So on this note, let me sip my tea. We were in Paris like early this year. I want to share the story with you guys because this is like another like common way that emasculation can happen when women don't realize it, especially like our independent women. So we were in Paris having dinner at this beautiful restaurant 
Um, and uh, there was this couple sitting next to us and they were British. Um, and they were obviously on a date. I would say that they, you know, they've been on a few dates. They were like, they, they weren't that touchy feely. Like they weren't that, you could tell that it was still like getting to know each other. They weren't like super fucking comfortable with each other. But getting to know each other, they obviously, you know, were on a weekend trip or whatever it was. I think it was Saturday. Yeah. They, we, they were obviously on a weekend trip to Paris together because, I mean, fuck, why not? Right. Like I, I've done that before when I was living in London, a little weekend date in Paris. It's a vibe. Um, and he was like, I'm going to go pay the bill. So like, well, the bill came to them, obviously, because that's, you don't go up to pay a bill. So the bill came to them and the woman wouldn't let him pay she wanted to know how much the bill was. She was like, she wanted to split it. She was like, I'll split it. I'll split it. And he was like, no, I want to pay the bill. And like in this British accent, he wanted to pay the bill. And essentially long story short, she kept badgering him to know how much it was because she wanted to split it. And he was like, no, I want to pay the bill. Like I was just fucking mortified hearing this going on next to us. And my 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 boyfriend was also having fucking conniptions and then heard about it for the next 20 minutes as I needed to <laughs> dissect the whole situation um, as I felt so bad for him. And then finally she was like, all right, you pay the bill. Fine, fine, fine. He paid. And then she was like, I'm going to not Venmo you. There's another thing in London. Like basically I'm going to send you that money. And I am just like, oh my God, honey, like let him pay. Like this was an example where he just wanted to pay he just wanted to make that nice gesture. You know, like we don't know the dynamic of them. We don't know, you know, maybe they split the hotel room, whatever. They were obviously just here for probably one or two nights because you can, it's like a one hour train ride from London to Paris. So they were obviously just probably in Paris for one or two nights for the weekend. And it was fucking dinner. Like they were on a date. It was a really, it's a really, really, really nice restaurant in Paris. And he just wanted to fucking pay the bill. And she wouldn't let him. And like that is an example where she would have been thinking that she's doing the right thing. But he, and you could tell by his response, did not want that. So there are, I, I am hearing from clients and everything that there are men, and I, and I know this, there are men these days where they are like, yeah, I want a woman to pay the bill. Or like, yeah, I want to split it or whatever it is. My question, 99.99999% of the time is why? Because it's really fucking lazy. There are a lot of younger men, or maybe not even that young, where because of the emasculation and women accepting less than what they should for men, it has given a lot of men this rite of passage of being fucking lazy. And I'm not saying every man is like this. Absolutely not. But I also want to say, ladies, that your behavior with men is telling him what is acceptable or not. So like, for example, when I first started dating my boyfriend, our first date, well, yeah, our first like weekend together was a date. Um, our first date was a trip to go skiing, lol. So basically, long story short, we were going to meet in Colorado and, um, but he decided, but he, it was his, when I, I met him the week prior and initially like he invited me to come on a ski trip a few weeks later, I was then like, I'm going to Colorado again next weekend. There's a fucking snowstorm. I need to go to the back to the powder. And he wanted to come. And I was like, yes. Long story short, his friends ended up organizing like a surprise, like birthday, like comedy thing. So he was like, can you come, like, would you be open to coming to Atlanta first? And then we can fly from Atlanta to Colorado. The only reason I said yes, because I would never have offered this myself is he paid for flights. He picked me up from the airport. He organized hotel room. Like he paid and organized for everything. And key thing, it's not because I can't pay for my own fucking flight to Atlanta or I can't pay for my own flight to wherever. It is because I was not willing to allow, especially in the beginning, but really never, any kind of laziness around pursuing me. 
I know what I wanted in a relationship. I know that I wanted a man that until the day he dies will put 110% effort into our relationship. That was something that's really, really important to me, equally important to him. And, you know, by me embodying that, it allowed me to ensure that I was only engaging with people that were embodying the same thing. Point being is that there are a lot of men that they're lazy. There's no like, I'll pick you up and we'll walk to dinner together or we'll drive to dinner. It's I'll meet you at the restaurant. I'll meet you at the bar. Why not go 20 minutes out of your way to pick me up? Like, why not? And it's unfortunate because obviously there is so much confusion for men of like, would that be acceptable by this woman? Now, of course, if a man, you know, asked me out on a date and was like, even when I was living in New York, like, and if he was living in New York too, because obviously my boyfriend wasn't living in New York when he met, um, it was like, can I pick you up from your apartment building? I would have said yes, but I'm sure that there were plenty of other women that would have been like, no, I'll meet you at the restaurant. So, and that could have, it could have also, they also could have been very emasculating to him. I'm like, that's fucking creepy. Why are you coming to my apartment? And they took it the wrong way. And the way that you take it is about your responsibility, right? Because he could have said the exact same thing to me as to you, but a woman could, like another woman could have taken it completely fucking differently based on her stories of men and the world of dating. So the point is, is that, you know, with all of this emasculation and this man hate, it's resulted in a lot of women being um, unhappy with the way that men treat them. But at the same time, it's also like women aren't happy with the way that men's treated them. So as a result, men are then becoming lazy because they don't know how to fucking act. So it's like putting hands in the air, like I just give up, right? But then at the same time, women are also complaining because men are lazy. But it's our responsibility to tolerate and not tolerate certain things. And if you are allowing lazy behavior, you're going to keep getting lazy behavior. If you're not allowing lazy behavior, you're not going to be getting lazy behavior. So something that's really big for me, and this doesn't mean that you need to dump a guy that's like, can we split the bill? Like have a conversation about it. Let him know where he's coming from. And if he's like, no, I don't want that. And you want that? Cool. Bye. It's not about the actual money. Like I can pay for the whole fucking bill if I wanted to. It's not about the money. It's about the intention. It's about the gesture. It's about you probably wanting a man that wants to look after you and protect you and provide for you. And it doesn't mean that you need to have a man that makes more money than you. It means that you want to have a man that is like, absolutely not put your fucking wallet away. I am paying for dinner. I am taking you out. I am wooing you. I am courting and chasing and loving you, cherishing you, not the other way around. It's just about like, what do you desire in your relationship? And then are you like showing up as that? or not, if that makes sense. So that was the tangent on the power story. That was the tangent on the power story. But point being is that when a woman doesn't let a man do what he would like to do in terms of leading and providing and making us feel like, you know, we don't have to carry the burden of looking after ourselves. It's really heartbreaking to men. It really is because it is the essence of a man you know, one of his core purposes is to lead a woman, is to is to protect, you know, and provide and to take the burden off her plate so that she can be in that feminine state of enjoyment and so that he can be the one that is holding that for her. Like that's enjoyable to a masculine man to know that he is taking the burden off her. Like I don't see anything truly light my boyfriend's face up more than when I'm like, babe, can you, can, I don't want to do this. Like, can I just go read and like, you can do this instead or something? Or like, I don't want to work tonight. Like, I'm just going to read like his face is like, Oh my God. Like, please. Yes. Read. Oh my God. I'll do this. Please, please, please. There is nothing that he loves more than seeing me relaxed, like asleep, reading, watching TV, lying in the sun, doing nothing because he feels when in that moment he feels as though I feel like I am, I can do that because he has everything under control. That is what he wants. He wants to be able to feel that I am not, you know, burdened with things so that I can relax and be in that feminine place of enjoyment and receptivity. And he wants to feel like he is taking the burden off my shoulders. Okay. So really by us 
not allowing men to lead and being in their masculine, it's creating all of these feminine men that we're complaining about, right? We are the ones though that are causing them to lose the trust in their own masculinity because we're labeling it as dangerous. So then they start seeing it as dangerous within themselves, right? But they're lying to themselves. So they have this own push and pull or this desire to be masculine, but also they feel like it's bad to be masculine. It's shameful to be masculine. And I see this in the in with my male clients and like the guys that are in the man, of they want to just roar. They want to scream. They want to go fucking like chop a tree down, but they feel like it's wrong for them to be like that because it's dangerous. But they are suppressing something that cannot go away. It is like a woman trying to suppress like our tears when we see like a cute fucking baby or, you know, it's okay. It's like make, it's like saying to a woman, you are never allowed to squeal or hold a little puppy ever again in your life. The desire isn't going to go away. It's still going to be there. It's going to fucking bubble. Right. But to constantly feel like we are not allowed to do something that's innate within us is very, very harmful, not just to ourselves, it's harmful to those around us. And this is why, unfortunately, men will go into blackout rage. It's because they have suppressed their innate biology, you know, their their anger that gets bubbled up because of their testosterone when something shitty happens to their kid or to their girlfriend and they want to fucking break something. Them needing to break something isn't dangerous. Them needing to release anger isn't dangerous. You make anger dangerous and scary when you never allow yourself to express it. When you learn to make anger something that you are friends with and something that is healthy because you know how to express it in a healthy way and it becomes a, you know, a healthy part of your household, then it is something that allows people to feel safe in being self-expressed. Anger is not scary in this house not scary, right? If my boyfriend's getting angry, I'm like, babe, fucking yell, like go release anger. And he will never do it in front of me, but it is always acceptable to be angry. I'll fucking get angry, not at him, but like, I'll just like scream for no reason. And it's never something that needs to be shamed because as soon as it's released, I'm like, oh, I feel better now. Okay. Let's go do our thing. That is the importance of releasing emotion. So the only dangerous thing about emotion is when it is suppressed. That's it. Okay. Okay. So the last thing, the last few things that I want to say is that society isn't pressuring them to lead and provide and protect. That is their own innate being. Men's hormonal biology, their hormonal profile is what makes them want to lead, provide, and protect. It's not like a gender role thing, right? It's their natural state of being. You even see little boys wanting to protect their mom or wanting to make their mom stop crying and to fix the situation because that is how boys are. That is how men are. That is how they are wired. So the the whole like conversation about like, oh, well, it's just society that have made men feel like they're the providers and it's just society that have, you know, made women feel like they are the ones that nurture and care. I'm like, no, that's not fucking society. That's biology is what that is, right? It's not society pressuring men to lead or protect. It's men's own innate masculine being that society has suppressed, but it's still fucking there. Okay. It is still fucking there. Another quick way that I've said before, that is a really common way that we emasculate men is by not letting them hold open the fucking door. And I make jokes about it now. I don't hold open my own door. I don't carry the bags. I just buy the bags. (laughs) It's not entitlement. It's actually allowing a man to lead and giving him that pleasure of feeling like he's looking after you. And at the same time, we get the pleasure of feeling like we're being looked after by him, which creates more safety and intimacy and trust in the relationship, right? Because both of us are living in our within our core energies. So even if I'm standing, even if I'm walking towards the door in front of him, I will literally just stand there and he'll reach in front of me and open the door. It's not a big deal. I let him, keyword, I let him open the door and I receive the door being held open. We make chivalry about us as women. Like, oh my God, he's holding open the door. Like he's thinking about X, Y, and Z. Like he just wants to get in our pants or whatever it is. But when you understand chivalry, it's not what it is. Chivalry isn't for him to get off on a power trip. 
chivalry is uh, is for us to feel protected. And when you really understand chivalry, the actual purpose of chivalry is to make it clear to women that he, so the man that you're with, that he respects her and will protect her. That is the purpose of chivalry. Chivalry is saying, I will protect you. You are safe with me. So isn't it so sad that we have flipped the script and made it this dangerous threat when there is no ill intent in chivalry whatsoever? Chivalry is different from a man just like being like slimy. Chivalry is kind and there isn't pressure with chivalry. Chivalry is I'm doing this just because. I'm doing this because this is my duty as a man. That is chivalry. It's nothing about you. It's about him. It is about him. It is not about you. Women need to stop making chivalry about them. It's about him. Okay? If you feel insecure in your own self as a woman and your own feminine, then you will project these insecurities onto a man by ripping them down to make yourself feel better, right? But when you are completely whole and confident and secure in yourself, you do not have the need or desire to rip down anybody, no matter who they are, man or woman. You just, you're an adult. You're like, whatever you do, you're going to do me. This, the constant ripping down that we're seeing of people is a projection of insecurity because a, a mature adult, if they don't agree with someone or whatever, it's, they don't feel the need to make it a big fucking deal. They just move on, waste of energy, just next. But if you are feeling insecure within yourself as a woman and you feel like you need to prove your worth, then yeah, it's like, then yeah, you can be ripping down men to try and make yourself feel better. So work on you, heal your relationship with men and with yourself, okay? Especially because I guarantee you there are plenty of you probably listening that are killing it as a woman in life, but you're not happy in your personal relationships. You're not happy in your romantic life. It doesn't mean you need to stop killing it in your career, right? It means that you probably just need to adjust the way in which you're relating to men in your personal life and the way in which you think about them, your beliefs around them. That's all. Okay. Last thing that I'm going to say is the difference between entitlement and letting a man lead or like wanting him to lead. It completely depends on where the energy is coming from. It is a completely different energy, right? So entitlement is coming from our ego and our head, right? Then when you think about you desiring him to lead, that is more coming from your heart. So when when there is the entitlement energy, it's like, this is what I deserve. This is like, it's a brattiness, right? It's coming from this like, ego of what you, you know, I, I, I deserve this as a woman, you know, I deserve this. I, I am better than this. I, you know, it's like, it just comes from this bratty place. You can feel the difference in the way that entitlement is said and how it's spoken about and the way that it's felt. And when, when you think about letting him lead or desiring him to lead you, it's really more about softness. So for example, with holding open a door, even you know, in the beginning of me and my man dating, and even now sometimes, if he ever forgets, you know, if he was to walk through the door and forget to hold it open for me, I would just stand there and he would turn around and be like, what are you doing? And I would be like, hello, the door, <laughs> with a little bit of a cheeky smile. And he straight away would be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, and I'd be like, no, it's totally fine. And brush it off. And that in a moment, like that in that little moment is I'm sharing with him something that I would like for him to do. And it's a little reminder, right? And it's not entitlement, right? It's just coming across as playful. That's all. An entitlement example would be like, what the fuck? Um, hello, the door. That would be entitlement, okay? I wasn't being entitled, for example, in that situation. It would. Be, it, I was just standing there and he, t- he turned around. I was just waiting. I was like, okay, it's going to be kind of funny. Waiting. He would turn around. He's like, what are you doing? Like, door, please just cheeky, playful. And then he would say, sorry. And I'd brush it off. Like not a big deal. It's kind of funny. Next. He has, it's a reminder for him in that moment, a little lesson of like, like, okay, remember to hold open the door for her. 
And it's kind of playful and fun. And we forget to be playful sometimes in life. We really fucking do. The masculine loves that cheeky and playful side. So let it out. Like really, really let it out. We can make these things in personal development so heavy. And let's keep it light because if you make something heavy and intense, people don't actually feel safe. It's very repelling. Okay? It's very, very repelling. The last thing I will mention with the lover versus the mother is obviously money. Where does money come into this? How do you stay in the lover energy and not go into the mother energy if you, if you are the female breadwinner? We do not let money ruin our relationship. We do not let money control our relationship. We do not let money affect our polarity. I've never felt like the man because I make more money. If you are not in the feminine female breadwinner, I highly recommend joining that. It's going to absolutely change the fucking game for you when it comes to making money. Even if you're not the breadwinner, but you make a lot of money in the relationship and you feel like money can just, you know, come into play with like tiffs in your relationship, I would highly, or in dating, I'd highly recommend joining the feminine female breadwinner. There's also a bunch of episodes, maybe like a couple, like maybe like seven or eight back, um, about that topic as well, that I would also highly recommend that you listen to as well. Okay. So with that, the embodiment of dating and be love and honor mother is open for the last time this year. This is your chance to join. Embodiment of dating was a fucking hit when I did this last time. You guys absolutely loved it. I loved doing the VIP as well. And this time, if you're in VIP, you also get a one-on-one with me as well. So as soon as you join the embodiment of dating, you get the masterclass straight away. So you can binge it 101 times, start implementing everything. And then the VIP option that will kick off at the end of January next year. So you will sign up for the VIP option. Now get that skin in the game really fucking sharp for yourself and get that ball rolling in your dating life. It's perfect because then when we start the VIP section, you have had about two months around about that to really play with everything from the masterclass in your dating life. So I actually love this, this like little holiday break because like you can, if you're in the VIP, you can do the masterclass now, then implement everything from the masterclass and then be asking really powerful, juicy questions and everything and learn more when we start the, um, the three months of the VIP. For Be Love and Honor Mother as well, um, that is open right now. So as soon as you join, you get access to all the modules. I am re-recording live modules three and four. So you can come to them. If you're a past Be Love and Honor Mother client, you will also get an invitation to come to them. And you can ask any questions in those live re-recordings as well. So I highly recommend that you come to the re-recording so that you can ask questions on everything we're talking about. They'll be really fun, really juicy. Those re-recordings are on December 6th and December 8th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. So um, just just type in New York City time if you're Googling it. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for those of you that are joining. If you have any questions about either of the programs, let me know. All the information is on the website pages. I would highly recommend reading the whole website page. Honestly, I feel like it's really beautifully written by myself. Um, it's not like a normal like sales page. So it'll actually really help you to figure out whether this is like something that feels right for you or not. And of course, my emails and DMs are always open for questions on whether this is a good fit for you guys. And I will see you in the next episode. As usual, if you um, haven't already left a written review, I would really, really appreciate it because they do mean a lot and it helps other people to feel comfortable and um just kind of inspired to listen to the podcast episodes. And then please do not forget to share the episode on your Instagram story and tag me and feminine as fuck without the you so that I can reshare and also say thank you to you guys because I really do appreciate it when you share the love um, of the podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Have a lovely rest of your day. So I've opened up a mini one-on-one package, which is a two session one-on-one package with me. You also get two weeks of text message, voice message support as well. And this is perfect for you. If you are not yet ready to invest in a longer term commitment, but you still want to get some healing done. So, you know, in these two weeks, you are going to feel like a huge weight has been lifted off your shoulders and you really will feel like you are a huge step closer to being the dream version of yourself. I've helped women in this past many one-on-ones break the cycle of binge eating. I've helped them to release a lot of resentment and anger so that they can come back to their feminine energy in their relationship. I've helped women in these situations to you know, no longer feel shame around past situations that have happened to them, um, to 
are no longer have bad PMS, to heal their PCOS, whatever it is. And so wherever you need to work on, maybe there's one little thing at the moment, or maybe there's two things, you're going to bring them to me for this mini one-on-one. And we'll just kind of break it down and make a really good action plan the two of us in a way that feels comfortable with you and we will tackle as much as we can in those two sessions and in those two weeks so i love this mini one-on-one package because it allows you to get a little bit of a taste of working with me and what my coaching is like and how i do my work with my clients so whatever you need help with whether it is energetic upgrade whether it's you know confidence whether it's trauma whether it's sexuality whether it's business money boundaries dating relationships, whatever it is, I am here for you and you will absolutely do it. So if you would like to book on one of these sessions, all you need to do is follow the link below and you will see all the details on my website page. If you haven't already claimed a space for yourself and you would like to, I would highly encourage you to do so, especially because there will be a little bit of a waiting a waiting period. Um, so yeah, any questions about the mini one-on-one package, just let me know. Otherwise, I can't wait to get into the work with those of you that have already claimed a space for yourself.